a storm of fear and fury in the sizzling Florida Keys. You feel that sizzle? I do. Where men in hiding waited with ready gun. Oh. They were pretty ready with those okay. guns, so that is accurate. They were. Which leads to the next tagline. Gun fury in the <laughs> tropics. I like that one. Which leads to the next tagline. I don't know if this was on purpose. Uh, tropical fury <laughs> is the tagline. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I guess. I guess the Florida Keys are a little tropical. Have you ever been? I have. Oh, actually. We will get into it. All right. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five star entertainment explodes on the screen. Okay. That could be a hurricane, maybe. And then finally, a cast <laughs> as explosive as its story. Yes, we all agree with that one. Yes. Yeah. That's a hard agree. Welcome to Out of the Podcast, the film noir podcast that's out there talking about these obscure films you've never heard of, much like today's film. (laughs) We will get into it. Gentleman Joey here uh, with special guests, specialist of guests. Please know that you are cherished and adored uh, by these parts over here. Uh From the podcast. Yes, you have a podcast as well that everyone should listen to called Seeing Faces in Movies. It's Felicia Maroney. Hey! Thanks for having me. Longtime listener and been waiting to come on. Honored to be asked. Absolutely. Come on, finally. A hundred percent. So glad to have you, um, which kind of leads to the next thing, of course. Get ready to get awkward for two seconds. But uh, you may notice our, our friend Dan is not here. He unfortunately wanted to move on to other things and he's more than welcome to do so. So Please continue to support Dan. He's a brilliant musician and a fantastic broadcaster, right? Or podcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all true. But Dan's the best. Keep supporting Dan. Um, thank you so much. Uh, unfortunately, he just was unable to do this episode. So that obviously leads to questions like, well, what's going to le- be in the future? Well, maybe uh, listen to the rest of this podcast at the end. We'll, we'll talk about it for a minute in the future. But I'm so glad you're here. You're, you're one of my favorite noiros and turn friend, friendo. But I mean, yes. the noiros are friends, of course. But I, I've yeah, <laughs> I've always enjoyed your, your take on these movies and our podcast. And just so glad that you're here. I always wanted you to be on the show. It was a matter of time. Mm-hmm. You have something to promote, which is always a good thing. Yep. Our episode on To Live and Die in L.A. just was released. So yes, it was. You got to go listen to more Joey and talking about William Friedkin. Freaking Friedkin. William Peasen. Yeah. <laughs> and some William Penis. Yep, exactly that. You got to um, give him a little something to... <laughs> besides <laughs> just us, they're like, hey, and also, uh, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of fun. Loved it so much. Uh, we, we spotlighted Robbie Mueller, cinematographer. We did. I believe that was the, the end of the monthly showcase. There's one more. Oh! Yeah. That's right. One September more. is a weird long month, isn't it? Yeah, it's rolling into like the first week of October, but because it was my first cinematographer, I wanted to give five movies instead of four. And then I'm rolling into, I mean, I guess by the time this is out, I could, it'll have started. So I'm rolling into Brian De Palma month. Well, this is out tomorrow. Okay. Well, can, next I'll week. I'll cut then. that out unless you want to, but <laughs> I, I say leave the hint because 
that's I'm so psyched for Brian De Palma. Oh, it was great. It's my favorite. You got Dress the Kill in there. Oh, yeah. You got Blowout, of course. I don't even yeah. have to ask that. Um, Blowout. And then two others. I don't know. Maybe I should be surprised yeah. or. I think you probably know. You probably know which ones they are, but I'll let you. I'll keep the surprise. But you Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to go Tom Cruise route. Mission to Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. I, I saw Mission to Mars in theaters. And oh, yeah? that was one of my worst movie experiences of my life. And I love Brian De Palma. Just because the movie itself or the experience in the theater? No, the, you know, well, I don't know. I guess because the movie felt so long, I don't remember the running time. Oh, okay. That perhaps my butt was uncomfortable from the length. But, you know, yeah. the chairs did not do any uh, favors. So a little of both. Yeah. It's a boring movie. I haven't seen it since, but. I feel okay. I feel okay slagging it. I mean, yeah. We're all allowed to have like one bust maybe. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a filmography that big, yeah. Did you have you seen that documentary where he just talks about all his movies, right? Yeah, the Noah Baumbach one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He did do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So even when he like talked about movies that I didn't like, it was still interesting like that one. I feel like we were on the same page him and I. I'm yeah. I'm not slagging <laughs> one of his babies. No, you're not going off on like body double. I, well, I would go off in a positive way because body double rules. It's my favorite one. Okay, Spoiler. so I think that one's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what, Carrie? Do we have the four? No, I okay, do want to do Carrie um, on a separate one, but it didn't get picked. So I think it was between that one and then yeah, the other other big one that's up there he's got a lot of bangers he really does so does john houston yes he does i love segways too john houston has a lot of uh bangers and and this could be one of his bangerness mm -hmm. let's yep. get into it this is episode 108 108 key largo this was released july 16th 1948 from warner brothers a total summer picture mm -hmm. directed by the aforementioned john houston screenplay by richard brooks and John Houston, based on the 1939 play Key Largo by Maxwell Anderson, with a production credit to old Jerry Wald. And because we now appreciate cinematographers, let's give him a credit. Yeah. Carl Frund <laughs> did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. It's a good looking movie. I definitely want to talk about him. He shot a lot of really, really good movies. Yes, he did. Everyone in this, even from screenwriters, they were like, doing cool things and they were about to move on to extra cool things so oh, yeah. it's an interesting spot for everybody mm -hmm. it's the last bogey in Bacall I believe is that correct I think it is actually in that way it's it, a bittersweet saying goodbye but everyone's kind of mm -hmm. moving on to other things yeah I mean you can only work with your spouse so much it's true before you start fighting <laughs> it's true so brief brief synopsis of this movie we got humphrey bogart himself he's playing frank mcleod and he's a veteran of a war world war the second one yes the sequel <laughs> um and he's like i'm just gonna take some time off let's go to key largo baby let's just kind of i've had a, a hard war and it's time to take a load off and while i'm there I'll see some friends of uh, a guy I served with under my command who died. And I'll be like, hey, remember him? He was great. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what happens. And we get George's widow, Nora. And then we also get James, who is in a wheelchair, played by Mr. Barrymore himself. Lionel did a great job. Yeah. 
What's your favorite Lionel Barrymore performance? I don't even know. Like he's one of those guys who just pops up in movies. Yeah. I feel like I'm more of an Ethel. Oh, Ethel for sure. <laughs> Ethel Barrymore. I have a fun fact uh, about Ethel. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll bring it to Ethel. Don't you worry when we get to it. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. But I can't think of, I'm going to say this one, I guess, because I'm blanking on other Lionel ones. It's a very, I'll go with that too. Also for the same reasons. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's a great performance, though, because where he's at in his life is pretty similar mm-hmm. to uh, where James Temple is. Oh, yeah. Of the Temple family. So, you know, he's able to kind of give it some honesty. Yes. It's a great cast. It's a oh, yeah, There's not a dud in the bunch. So, yeah, they own this hotel in Key Largo. Mm-hmm. I also forgot to say uh, there's a little intro to Key Largo. Yes. Text to hype up yeah. the Florida Keys, you know, letting <laughs> you know. I'll read it right now. At the southernmost point of the United States are the Florida Keys, a string of small islands held together by a concrete causeway. Largest of these remote coral islands is Key Largo. That's where we are. We're in Key Largo. You you said you've been to the Florida Keys. I feel like this is a good time to pop this in here. Yeah, I have been. And I really liked it. I've been to Key Largo. It's, it's fun. Uh, Key West is probably where it's at. That's... You know, where the parties pop up, even oh. though I went with like my siblings and my dad. So it's a party. But um I guess my my biggest memory of it is going to Key West and my dad was like, Oh, there's a bar that Hemingway used to go to all the time. So he brought us. And at the time I must have been twenty one, forgetting that the legal age in America is twenty one, but in Canada yeah. it's nineteen. So they were trying to give my dad a hard time about me having a beverage. He's like, just let my daughter have one beverage in the Hemingway bar. Just let. Even though you were old enough. I was like, okay. I was old enough, but they were just like, they couldn't read the Canadian ID, supposedly. Wow. They thought it was fake. Wow. I was like, I'm not going to fake being just 21 years old. I'm here with my dad. They do that here, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving them, I'm not trying to give them credit. They, uh, they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been able to drink. Did you get a drink eventually? I think they just were like, no. So oh, okay. I had to have a virgin, uh, whatever. Well, I hope you go back and, and party in Key West. I do. Key Largo was fine. I remember we went and had like a lunch and it's it's very barren from where I what I remember compared to like Key West, which is like, there's a lot. That's where all the tourists go. That hurricane blew everything away. That's why. Yeah, essentially. It looks like it's still, <laughs> I mean, this is like 10 years ago, but who knows? But big fan of the Keys. Would love to go again. I love keys. They uh, get me into doors. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And chests. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. You got to get into those. <laughs> so at Key Largo, the hotel. Did the hotel have a name? I don't remember. I think it was the Hotel Largo. Okay. That's a great name. Yeah. So we're like in the, the winter, I believe, or fall. You know, it's definitely not summertime where everybody's having a virgin Hemingway. No, no. So it's pretty quiet, but there are people staying there. Um, some fantastic names. You got Curly, Toots, Angel, and Gay, who is a singer who you got to give Gay credit. That's Claire Trevor in her Academy Award winning performance. Mm-hmm. She's great. She she definitely gives the best performance up there with Edward G. Oh, yeah. Who is, we don't see him right away, but then once we do, he takes over the movie entirely. He oh, plays yeah. Johnny Rocco, which is another great name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if these were in the play. I doubt it because the play seemed to be pretty sparse with uh, character development and such. 
Yeah. So I'll give the credit to Houston and Brooks. Fantastic mm-hmm. name. Some of the best in noir. Oh, yeah. I love Johnny Rocco. Johnny Rocco is fantastic. And as soon as he's in, like, basically, you have Bogey and Bacall. You know, you got to bury more. There's some big names in this movie, but oh, yeah. it really is like a film that's just dominated by the side characters. Yes. I mean, his opening scene, if we'll get it, well, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but his opening scene, he's just lounging in a bath, chest chest out, hair out. I was like, oh, okay, that's an His that's chest an is out the whole time. He gets his belly rubbed at one point from someone, and I love that. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yes. Good for Edward G for just going <laughs> along with it. He seems like a great guy. Like I think the G is for great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. So he comes in. He's fantastic. He is. He used to do like a booze running, a bootlegger, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now he's hiding in Cuba, but he's coming back to make a business arrangement. We find out some counterfeit money, which is a perfect segue for our previous podcast interaction. Exactly. Listen to Live and Die in L.A. We're all about the crimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he's just here setting it up. There's this impending hurricane. They're like, we all got to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, no, no, no. I got to finish this deal. Here's my gun. Mm -hmm. Do what I say. Also, at one point, a cop came in just kind of snooping around because they're looking for <laughs> yeah. some escaped convicts. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Edward G's like, uh-oh, this isn't good for me. Get this guy, you know, rough him up a little bit and then we'll figure out what to do with him. And then he eventually ends up dead yeah. in a very great scene where, where there's a good standoff with Bogey and Edward G. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at this point, you're finding out who these people are and like who's full of shit and who's not, you know? Very much. And now what you were saying, that's the truth. Well, you don't believe it. I can see right through you. What you really think is I'm better than Rocco. He's filth, like the old man said. Right? Right. He's got a gun, you think, and I haven't. You figure it's the gun. Well, listen, soldier. Thousands of guys got guns, but there's only one Johnny Rocco. How do you account for it? Well, he knows what he wants, don't you, Rocco? Sure. What's that? Tell him, Rocco. Well, I want, uh... He wants more, don't you, Rocco? Yeah, that's it. More. That's right, I want more. Will you ever get enough? Will you, Rocco? Well, I never have. No, I guess I won't. You, do you know what you want? Yes, and I had hopes once, but I gave them up. Hopes for what? A world in which there's no place for Johnny Rocco. Mm-hmm. Okay, soldier. Here's your chance. Give it. Okay, soldier, you can make your hopes come true. But you gotta die for it. It's, I don't know, like, uh, for a film that's very much, like, you can tell it's based off a play, mm-hmm. and it's very quick. It's not super short, but it's not long. No. There's still a lot. You still get enough of each character, I find. They could have just been... Like, I would say it's longer... You know, then you'd think about a, a movie that's basically in one setting. Yes, exactly. But not in a bad way. No. It's just, they really found a way to really uh, get some juice out of this. And it, yeah. And it's all the right juice. It's delicious, delicious juice. Yeah. <laughs> as they have in Florida, the juice state. Come on now. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't remember <laughs> seeing any oranges there, but is that, wait, is that the Florida state? Is it the yeah, yeah. Florida's oranges okay. and then peaches is Georgia. Okay. And then I don't know anyone else's fruits. <laughs> 
Just the two at the bottom. I wasn't sure if like California had a fruit or not. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> we don't have fruits in Canada. We can only grow like apples. <laughs> strawberries. Is that true? Apples are fantastic, though. Yeah. Strawberries have their purpose. I'm not a fan, but <laughs> I understand them. It's OK. You know what the problem was I, when I was a kid? I just like went nuts on strawberries. I'm like, oh, my God, these are great. They're fucking growing on trees near oh, me. Really? I'm like just eating non, not like only strawberries. Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was. I was very fond of, of strawberries and berries. And then I think I just burnt myself out and I, I just can't go back. That like, happens. It, it just disgusts me. That's how I feel about carrots. Carrots. Interesting. Yeah. Used to chomp on them back in the day. I guess. Who knows? Got a little too orange and you're like, no, thank you. <laughs> I just like every time I see a carrot, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, gross. Okay. But that's life. That's adult life. But now I can choose not to eat it. Hopefully there'll be a plant based carrot you can have at some point that you'll be like, <laughs> that's I'm that's sure morally hope. that's what stopped you. <laughs> Those poor carrots getting dug up. (laughs) Um, So we have this wonderful showdown with the gun. It's not loaded. It gets this cop dead. Then they're like, all right, get rid of this body. Mm -hmm. My henchman. He's got henchmen for days. It's wonderful. Also, Claire Trevor's there. She's just like, I'm drunk. I haven't seen this guy. What'd they say? Like seven years or something like that. It had been a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he (laughs) kind of sucks. Like life is different now. Mm -hmm. I'm not having fun anymore. I don't want to sing. But she is forced to sing, and it is the best scene of the entire movie. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenal. I heard a, or maybe are you going to talk about a fact relating to the? Sprinkle it in like the salt and pepper that it is. So Claire Trevor kept asking John Houston to uh, rehearse the song, and he said no, no. He kept saying no and pushing it off, and he sprung it on her a day of. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, we're doing the song, and she's like, I have not practiced <laughs> this. And he's like, just do it. So, and then it was like a one take deal. So you can kind of sense, you know, her discomfort. Yeah. And I didn't know that until after the fact. So uh, that really added to it in retrospect. I I thought it was, Mm -hmm. she did such a fantastic job in knowing that, you know, it was acting, but it also had a little, uh, a little extra. It was was so wonderful. So, you know, Houston was right. That was a good move. Yeah, that's true. It usually is. Oh, I forgot to say, I watched the colorized version of this. Did you? Did you? No, I didn't. But there is I a was color. like, oh. I was shocked, but not shocked to find out there was a colorized version. Oh, my God. We we tried to, as a side note, watch something the other day, like watching a bunch of the early 30s, 20s horror films right now. Uh-huh. And on Prime, for some reason, the only version you can get is a colorized version. And I was like, I cannot do this. It's. It's so off-putting. Like, why would... I think it should be a crime. Absolutely. I think we've made it a crime at this point. Like, it, it stopped <laughs> happening. Why? Unless there's, like, underground, like, colorization. That I don't yeah, know I guess. About. That could be an AI prompt at this point. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's probably why they're pushing for it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we. it's really just to get color in these old films. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, colorization, you'd have to, like, hand color it, I'd imagine. That sounds like a pain in the yeah. ass. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. That's and just like some no intern's job. It. Yeah, like nobody <laughs> nobody good is doing that. There's no heart because it's such a heartless like medium. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Ted Turner was responsible for that, wasn't he? I mean, wouldn't be surprised. He definitely was uh, complicit in the crime <laughs> as Ted Turner is often. Often, yeah. Allegedly. Could not be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys have done Born to Kill on the show. Sorry. We did. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it was great to get her back. Yeah. Just shout out to Claire Trevor there. Claire Trevor just always hits. She's she's cool. She was cool in life. She's not anyone to be bummed about. So, yeah. There's a pretty solid list of like human beings in this movie for the most part. Your Barrymore is probably the most evil, right? Yeah. What was his deal? I know one of the Barrymores was like super abusive. Yeah. Questionable. I don't know if it was him or what. It just seemed like a lot of family trauma passed down and... Yes. You know, someone is responsible for that. Yeah. Someone at the top, unfortunately. And maybe he brought some of that to his character and his relationship with Lauren Bacall's Nora Temple. Tough to tell. Yes. Um, He does try to throw a punch in his wheelchair and it does not go well. He falls out. Yeah. But at least he was spirited enough to say, "I, I don't want I don't like this travesty. How dare you make this woman sing against her will? Mm hmm. But as she does, I mean, another shout out to the song and the performance. You listen to the lyrics like it's about her. Yeah. You know, you can kind of see her like change her life like in that moment as she's singing. And was like, oh, shit, this is me. And uh, I don't like it. I don't want to drink anymore. And I don't want to fuck Edward G. Robinson. I mean, I don't really as much as I like him. I don't blame her. He's pretty sweaty in this movie, too. Absolutely. Not someone I'd want to be around. And that scene is just really sad because he says, you know, what does he say? He says something like, you were garbage or something. That's oh, he's awful. Not, you can't have the drink. Yeah. One thing I can't stand is a famous drunk. But I mean, they tear my stomach. No good to themselves or anybody else. She's got the shake, see? So she has a drink to get rid of them. That one tastes so good, so she has another one. First thing you know, she's stinko again. You gave me my first drink, Johnny. Oh, so it's all my fault now. Everybody has their first drink, don't they? But everybody ain't a lush. If I'd known you was going to act this way, I wouldn't have come here. If I'd have known what you're like, you wouldn't have been asked. Eight years since I seen her. You wouldn't know it was the same dame. And then you have the exchange after that with Frank uh, Bogart, who gives her the drink. And then I'm sure you were going to get into the three, three bitch love. It was like a one, two, three. It's fantastic. Yeah. Edward yeah. G slaps Bogey three times. Um, it's not yes. the only threes that ends up happening, too, but we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it's a fantastic slap. And Bogey yeah. just takes it and is like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally looking down on you right now. So you had to slap up. You want to hear another one of my notes? Please. I wouldn't want to shave a talking man. No. There's one point Edward G is getting like a full on shave and he's just giving a monologue. And this guy has to like get, <laughs> get in there. And you're like, and it's like, not even that, like, wouldn't want to shave someone talking. This man, this evil, evil, like criminal. Yeah. Kills people. Like we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, wouldn't want to shave that man. No, that's a skilled barber right there. Absolutely. Um, another <laughs> note I have is uh, at one point when they're like, you know, because there's a hurricane coming. I don't know if we've stressed that enough, but mm-hmm. there's a hurricane coming and they're pulling in a boat. Bogey is yep. and the camera is attached to it and it draws us closer with every tug. And I just thought that was such a cool shot. It's it's weird because I mean, John Houston is probably 
we've already talked about De Palma also. Those two are like my top three favorite directors. Wow. And I feel like there's like a, there's the Hollywood John Huston, which is, this is part of it when he was in the Hollywood system and then when he was able to be a weirdo. But he's still, even in his Hollywood days, even though it's like very structured, was able to show that he's actually you know, a good director. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, shit. if anything, it just strengthened him for the, the wild stuff that he would do later, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot. And then we already shouted out cinematographer Carl Friend, who it just looks really, really beautiful. It's a gorgeous film. Yeah. So. And there's a good a Warner Archive Blu-ray out there, too. People should seek mm-hmm. out as we're always trying to support the archive. Yep. Love them. They always have a lot of good sales, so there's no excuse. Really. That's true. Although they don't have a website <laughs> anymore. Do they have it in Canada? No, it's really annoying that they got rid of it. I you know. had to go through some other website and it was so confusing. I felt old. I was like, I don't know how to use this website. It's like Amazon <laughs> for us in the States. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, no, they must have their own. They're operating through someone else in Canada then. Just another reason to pour salt in our American wounds yeah. that you're better than <laughs> us. <laughs> We know, we know, we know. <laughs> I mean, Amazon's at least more user friendly, I guess, but it's, I guess, deep down more evil. But at what so. cost? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, we got to go over. Would John Houston have done an Amazon Prime movie? I don't know. Probably not. I think towards the He's end. An Apple, Apple guy. Yeah. He would have been, you know, straight to, I feel like he would be like straight to Tubi. Let's just go Tubi. Tubi, sure. Yeah, why not? Has its place. I'm all for it, Tubi. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. Tubi is such a lifesaver as it has been on this show. And just anytime you hear of weird, obscure movies that you're like, I'm never going to find this. Tubi is just like, here it is for free. Yeah. You just have to watch a couple ads and it's fine because I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Welcome to the 21st century. Like, come on now. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I've trained my bladder to to be ready for commercials. Oh, yeah. We're waiting for the countdown. (laughs) Do you want to do a quick commercial for your show so people can pee right now? Sure. (laughs) To uh, promo it? Is that your thing? Yeah, 10 second promo. Go. Um, So I think that if you like directors and you like movies, then you should listen to my show because I talk to different people every week. So you don't have to just deal with me all the time. Because I know my voice not, may not be for everyone. I got people from America. I got people from Canada. It's an international show. Eventually, I'll get some people from Europe, other places in the world. And we just gush about movies. Really. It's supposed to be as accessible as possible. You know, some of us are educated. Some of us are educated and just watching movies. That's me. That's my episode. The non-educated one. Most people didn't go to school. It's just, you know. I never want anyone to feel like, oh, they're talking down on me, That's talking right. down to me about this movie. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's just two buddies talking about movies, talking about sometimes you talk about dicks, sometimes you talk about ass in the movie. I hope other guests have talked about those things as well. Oh, 100 percent. Trust Fantastic. me. I, I know I'm a lot of a lot I'm of so freaky glad to people. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freaky show. You know what I like about your ad that you just did is you didn't say the name of the show. No. OK. Because you cool. said it before, but uh, it's seeing faces in movies. There you go. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a John Houston month at some point. Oh, 100%. 100%. There you it's go. coming. I hope you relitigate this film as well, because it's good. I'll just actually use this episode. You 100% can. <laughs> Save the time. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll uh, I'll put your send me your theme song and I'll give you an alternate yeah. cut. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, everything's heating up. They're like, we got to get the hell out of here. Eventually, we see what this is all been about, which is counterfeit money, as we alluded to before. Mm-hmm. So that deal's going down. Another cop is looking for these escaped convicts. There's these Native Americans on the island, which the uh, the Temple family has been kind to, mm-hmm. but they're suddenly not letting them in on this stormy night. And they're like, oh, okay, fuck these guys. But really, they're under gun danger. Yeah. So they don't have a choice, but it's very sad that they're displaced and horrible things happen to them afterwards. This cop murders people. Yeah. Was it even like the right people or did he just kill random Native Americans? I for the first couple of times I saw this, I thought it was just two randoms, but I think it, they were. The I would hope guys. so. I, I was yeah. trying to assume that, but I was like, I feel like I didn't see that explicitly. Yeah, but there's no way that he would have known that. He just saw two guys and he's like, yep. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. It depends how noir you want to get with this one, folks. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Nora's like, all right, cool. Uh, all these people suck. I think Bogey, at first I was like, oh, he's a coward, but I'm starting to see he's actually quite brave. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's talking about. So now I'm going to be brave. She spits in G. Robinson's face. Yep. And, uh, he doesn't like that, of course. But Bogey's able to stop her death mm-hmm. because, of course, what did you think was going to come from that? Spitting in people's faces doesn't happen in movies anymore. No. It's very much at that time. That was like the biggest insult you could give someone it's true the last good loogie i saw was on the television show deadwood oh yeah well that is also set in a different time too so that makes sense that's true i guess we just have to go to the past to get our loogies in yeah (laughs) i mean i guess in a way it's good that we're not spitting on each other but yeah there's a couple people that probably deserve a nice good spit in the face i would say there's probably a good list of people that I would spit on. Nuaro, send me your list of people you would like to spit on. And if I run into them, I will do my best. You're going to get some weird responses, though. That's a kink for people. So, Well, obviously, it's spiteful spitting. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make the differentiation there because you're going to get personal. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ha- we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, I'll vet you. And if I feel like this is a proper spitting, then yeah. we can move forward. But. If not, thanks for listening and (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. So it seems like the storm is passing a little bit and they're like, cool, bogey. Guess who's taking us? Mm -hmm. We're going to Cuba, baby. And you know the way you know how to use a boat and everything. You're an army guy. It's going to be great. Yeah. And thankfully, gay Dawn, Claire Trevor, she's able to go up to uh, G. Robinson and pick his pocket, fake him out, seal his gun, mm-hmm. and give it to Bogey and be like, you're going to need this thing because he is definitely going to kill you. You know this. You've, yeah. you've watched this movie. He's, he's a murderer. Yeah. So they set off on these rough waters and people are dying. We had to get rid of another cop too because he discovered his partner or his, the other cop washed ashore. So that's why he got suspicious after he murdered either the right people or the wrong people. Although who even knows mm-hmm. what their crime was. I'm going to need to know more about this before I make a judgment. I don't even know what their initial crime was, but they had escaped yeah. prison. So can you believe it? They're like, hey, prison sucks. Let's get out of here. I, yeah. Where do they come up with this stuff? <laughs> yeah. But the shot where he discovers the body of the other cop was really beautifully shot because you get the lighting from like the car where he turns on his like headlights and then you see the body there because I don't I don't know if I missed it. 
I don't think there's a scene where you see them throw the body somewhere. Or maybe there was like a quick cutaway. But I don't think they actually throw it. They're, he's, they're told to like get rid of it and like mm-hmm. take a boat out. But it wasn't far enough. And no. obviously the waters are, are, are washing things ashore. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, it, it definitely once it's revealed, it's, you know, you see the the horror of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's, great. it's great. But, you know, that's something that Houston's always good at. He's He's got a realism in his work. Yes. You know, none of this is too like over the top B movie film noir. This one is very credible. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing you're like, eh, except for this scene, let's forgive that. Like it's a movie, you know, it's yes. it's great. So people are dying. We're basically down to Johnny Rocco and Bogey. Bogey's like taking out a lot of people. He has a nice hideaway spot up top through a little window, and he his silence brings out G. Robinson eventually. Mm-hmm. G. Robbins is like, oh, look, I'll even throw in my gun. He grabs a dead man's gun and throws it. That's such a good touch. I know. I love that. That's one of my favorite scenes. And then he calls him out. And then here's your your callback to the number three. Mm-hmm. Bogey shoots him three times, a three time death. And it is fantastic. Yep. Bogey does take one himself, but he's able to call in for help and, and get himself home. And presumably we got ourselves a happy ending. It sounds like it. Sounds like he's going back to live on Key Largo for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse places to live. That's true. Who knows where he comes from originally? Yeah. Like he's on, <laughs> he's traveling. Like clearly something's wrong. I mean, of course, like the horrors of war, but yeah, still. Yeah. Wait till he tries out Key West, huh? Then the things will be better. I, exactly. There's your sequel. Yeah. He'll find uh, another Lauren Bacall there. Like, okay. What crimes do we need to fight today? <laughs> Unless she turns out to be one of a kind. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I feel like she Isn't is. that the role of the dice of life, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, <laughs> but spoiler. Yeah. So what did you think of this movie? Would you get, give me a number grade out of 10 as we do here on the show? Um, so I've seen this a few times. And I think with all John Houston films. And I think you've covered Asphalt Jungle. We did. Probably yes. The Big Sleep as well. Yes. With Char... Big Sleep is obviously super confusing. Asphalt Jungle's less, and this is a little bit less. I think they require several watches because there's so much information in them. Yes. So I like this each time I watch it. So out of 10, I probably give it an eight. It's not my favorite, Houston, but I like it more and more. And I, if it's given to me to watch, I would always be like, yeah, absolutely. Just like I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's definitely done better, but it's such a solid film, especially like it doesn't go anywhere, really, like as far as locations, like you're just in this hotel for the most part. And yet it's just riveting. All these performances are great. Mm -hmm. Edward G. Robinson just stealing the screen completely. Yeah. Claire Trevor, of course, too, like really just fantastic character work from everybody. I give it an 8.6 out of 10 hurricanes. Nice. This is actually the second time I've watched it this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, I mean, I was happy to watch it. Oh, that's right. You gave it an eight. So happy to help. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, this is a movie I do like. I'm always down to talk about all those people in the cast and John Houston. And John Houston. I will ask. Wait, are you a Houston fan at all? Or are you just kind of like some of his work? I... I'm a fan of the sum of his work. Yes. Like I think okay. what I like is, is spectacular. I do recognize his, his greatness, but there's certain ones that I don't like. I, I definitely like this better than asphalt jungle for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Even though that's a fun movie that definitely gets better with viewings. But I don't know. There's just something very interesting with this one. But I like Houston. I, I think I haven't seen his movies enough where I probably would see them and rank them like higher. Yeah. I also feel like I watch like a certain movie like right before watching his movies. And then it's just like, oh, well, I choose this movie. And it's like, that's not helping yeah. everybody. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm not ready to give my official opinion. But as of right now, okay. like it's a I'll a, come back in a year. And there you go. I think once I listen to your John Houston series, I'll be like, this guy's great. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I, I'm pulling out. I'll be pulling out some bangers uh, that'll probably be outside of the noir stuff. I'll, I'll sneak in a noir. He's probably not my favorite noir director that's probably why there's so many great noir directors yeah He's that's been the problem is like especially in the course of this show it's like you just kind of compare it to his other noir work and other noir directors but it, it really is like the non-noir stuff that is the most rewarding oh yeah yeah i agree all right let's get into some fun facts i, I think uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we both have some but as we said, Claire Trevor, she won that Oscar baby for Best Supporting Actress. I looked who she was up against. She deserved it. Who who else is up that year? I, I don't remember offhand, but in my opinion, know, you, look, you, give it I'll a look. look y- you may be like, hey, this guy's an idiot. This performance <laughs> was great. It was also like only like two or three films nominated, too. So that didn't help. Oh, yeah. Um, but at one point, Edward G. and Claire Trevor, they did a Lux Radio Theater broadcast of this. Mm. And I bet that was quite interesting. Speaking of the co-writer of this film, Richard Brooks, yeah, this was the last time that him and Houston had worked together, but it was the only time that Brooks had ever worked with a co-writer. So he definitely felt pretty highly about him. And Houston was a bit of a mentor to him. He was on the set during shooting so he could learn how to direct himself later on, which I think we all know he had much success in, in writing and directing. Yeah. So. I like Richard Brooks stuff a lot. He's one of those directors that I feel like everyone knows a lot of his stuff but they don't talk about him by name a hundred percent yeah that was kind of my case where i was like oh wow he directed that huh like he definitely deserves to be maybe a podcast will do a series on him i mean i might have to you never know but (laughs) key largo it was based off a play as we said a Mm -hmm. 1939 broadway play which was written in blank verse which is just poems that don't rhyme apparently okay Yeah, that's what I learned. And uh, it was by Maxwell Anderson. And uh, this guy apparently kind of sucks. Like he didn't support the right people. You know, he wasn't an FDR fan, Mm. you know, and uh, he was very hard to work with. And even John Huston was like, this place sucks. He kind of got convinced by Jerry Wald to do the movie. And also like the guy who uh, the writer, he also was a HUAC supporter and like, not a good person as far as history goes but he had a lot of plays that were like turned into movies so he knew what he was doing i guess yeah i mean sometimes that happens where it's just like oh this is great and it ends up being like the worst person you know who created it that's art for you it's a little better (laughs) when it's in the past at least because you're like oh thank god it's like so far away you know and maybe god forbid they didn't know better but like now you're just like oh god you just suck don't you yeah but the play ran for 105 performances in 1939 mm. at, and here's a circle if you like them full, Okay. the Ethel Barrymore Theater. Okay, there you go. See, I was waiting for Ethel to come back. She always does. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Lionel Barrymore was like, oh, I've seen this play. Yeah, maybe. So I'll be in it, or if it's just a fun coincidence, but that's the case. Who knows? Do you have any fun facts? Um... 
I feel like, well, one of them was that a lot of this, well, the whole thing was shot in a studio. And like, I don't think you would know. I definitely didn't know the first couple of times I watched it. The last time I watched it before this one was for one of the film clubs I'm in. So I did a bit of research and I was like, I thought this is all location that they were actually in Key Largo. So pretty good sets there on their hand. Absolutely. There's a couple, I think some of the storm scenes are like stock footage that they had, but sure. all on studio lot. So, and for stock footage, which is usually, you know, hit or miss, I would say it was a hit, you know, it all blended in seamlessly for sure. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. It definitely didn't feel like a studio. No. So shout out to them. No, exactly. Um, the other one I think is like an obvious one that Johnny Rocco was like modeled after Al Capone. That's where uh, Edward got his kind of inspiration to play. Right down to the syphilis. <laughs> Probably. He, he went full oh, method on this one. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, we, you and I both know Edward G. Robinson has played a lot of big guys in the mob in films. This is definitely one of the more sinister performances, I think. Yes. For me, where you're just like, oh, there's no redeeming factors to you at all. You're just a garbage person all around. He's done that a couple times, or at least we're like, you know, he's had it coming in, in the films. And yeah. um, I respect that he's just like always willing to to go there. And is it's great. It's great to see Edward G. Robinson go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and his big and fucking cigar. Oh, sometimes. the sweetest. And you just want to rub his belly. Just like that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... I did, this is not even a fun fact. I actually wanted to go back and look at, because I think the very first time I would have watched, this is when I was kind of getting into noirs and I really like Richard Widmark. And the guy who laughs in this movie, one of the henchmen, Yeah, I thought it was him for so long because they kind of had the same look. And then I was like, after watching it a few times, I was like, it's absolutely not him. But I feel like he must have been like channeling a Richard style performance. That's very interesting you say that because as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, I definitely had that vibe to him for sure. I mean, yeah. it was a very popular performance at the time, so I could see mm-hmm. you know, it was a good move. Go for it. Yeah. People need yeah. to laugh more sinisterly, you know? Exactly. Whether it's the appropriate time or not to laugh, why not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have for Key Largo. This is fun. Thanks for visiting it with us. This was fun. I think I had so much fun. I might keep doing a podcast. I don't know the, uh, I would say, get ready for not a lot of episodes in the future, but keep your feed subscribed. If you like me, if you're like, oh, that's too much Joey. I understand. No. Believe me, I have to, I have to edit these things and hear it. I'm like, oh, that's way too much Joey. So I feel that about my own stuff where I'm like, I'm just going to edit my voice down here. shout out to the podcasters the the ones who edit because <laughs> that yeah. is it's yeah. you know that's so brave you know you have to hear yourself non-stop and that's hard you know, really if you're, unless you're a real narcissist which you know good for you but you're probably not i don't know editing. that any podcaster exactly any <laughs> podcaster who is editing is not a narcissist thank you it uh affects your self-esteem sometimes <laughs> you're like oh why did i say that Oh, yeah. Well, and I thank you because when I did your show, you're like, oh, here's a Zoom hack for you. You can get like the separate channels recorded, which I got to do on our last episode. And what a dream that is. Yeah, it's right. It's beautiful. I now interrupt people 20 percent less. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. No, but I am so excited that you're going to continue because I, I need it. And I'm pushing for some totes and pushing for some t-shirts. My money's there. I don't know if you accept Canadian currency. It's not as good as the American, but it's there. I'm sure we could do some sort of trade. Merch. <laughs> when you do merch, I'll, I'll send do merch. Some maple How about syrup? that? Oh, that sounds good too. Never mind. You got me. I mean, I um, definitely want to do merch once I get a, a reasonable amount of following and can justify that. But I might have to reach out because I know you're an artist, so I might get you to do some art. I'd be happy to contribute. Get you to do some art. There you go. But I'm excited to see what other, because there's so many film noirs and love your new November. So thank you. Well, it'll be back. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. No, <laughs> let me have a, I'm going to take a little break to, to kind of regroup and figure everything out. But I would definitely mm-hmm. like to continue in some form. And I'll definitely let you know. Um, I appreciate all the Noiros out there just like getting in touch and, and saying nice things. Mm-hmm. It, it really, you, you know, when you get a compliment from these things, it feels so good. Yes. And especially you were always so good at giving them. So I especially want to thank you <laughs> and Dar. I think you guys are just the greatest. Yeah. So thank you so much for always listening. Um, past guests, Film Noir Confidential, our friend Lisa, mm-hmm. Johnny, Charles Forsman. Just thanks so much for coming on. Hopefully we'll get some of them back. Mm-hmm. Of course, thank you to Dan. Just everybody, you're all all time best. So if you want to find out what's going on, follow on Instagram out of the podcast. Um, I won't even promote the other ones. They're, they're trash. Just Insta. Well, you know what? X is we're doing X, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting high yeah. on X. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> out of the cast over there. Why not? Um, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All that stuff helps. Is all the stuff you need to do for Felicia's podcast too. So seeing faces in movies. Do you have that name on all of the accounts? Yeah, but as you know, with X, they only allow a certain amount of letters mm-hmm. in the the handles. So it's on Instagram, it's seeing faces in movies. And then on Twitter, X, it's seeing movies pod. Okay. Which is really annoying. But it's all on my website because I do have a website for the show. What's the website? seeingfacesmovies.com perfect not .ca.com that's right (laughs) those are hard to get so i'm glad you were able to secure that yeah i know thankfully well it's a great name it's a great show do all the things i said to do with this show there if you guys want to email the real out of the podcast at gmail.com hopefully we'll get to some of the listener suggested movies soon um Mm -hmm. just a lot of fun stuff to come Uh, we'll make it happen i uh i don't want to leave you guys hanging too long like last time too many pauses so hopefully we'll be back soon you know definitely in november maybe october follow stuff you'll find out what to do yeah but felicia maroney thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode thanks for taking a vacation with me to the keys i'm honored to be on the show finally so i i had the best time you'll be back appreciate it you'll be back i will and you'll be back to raise your glass and say hey here's the crime here's the crime Moaning low, my sweet man, I love him so. Though he's mean as can be, 